This episode of the Motley Fool's industry-focused podcast is brought to you by Away. Away makes first-class luggage at coach prices that allow you to charge your phone on the go. For $20 off your order, go to awaytravel.com forward slash fool and use the promo code fool. That's awaytravel.com slash fool. Promo code fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, March 16th, 2017, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I am your host, Sean Riley, and joining me today via phone all the way from the South by South uh, Southwest Conference is Motley Pool Explorer Advisor Simon Erickson. Good morning, Simon. Hey, good morning, Sean. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, so on today's show, uh, we'll be discussing um, Intel's surprise purchase, a $15.3 billion purchase of Mobileye. Um, it might feel to our listeners like a technology topic, but as we shall soon see, it has big implications for the transportation industry. And we'll also be getting the latest on the uh, advent of driverless cars, particularly the rolling out of entire fleets of these things in the city of the future. Um, but first, Simon, how are you enjoying the South by Southwest conference? Oh, South by is so great, Sean. You know, down in Austin, Texas, it's kind of a uh, a place that all of the forward-looking thinkers and entrepreneurs and companies can congregate and talk about the coolest new projects that they're working on. And it really impacts a whole bunch of different industries, transportation certainly included in that. So, uh, and this is a bit of a homecoming for you. You are a Texas boy. I am. I uh, went to the University of Texas for engineering uh, back in the days, so hook them horns, and it's glad to be back in the city again. Awesome. So, um, Simon, I early this week, we got big news that uh, Mobileye had, be, had agreed to be acquired by none other than computer processing ship juggernaut Intel. Um, I immediately thought of you, quite frankly, when I saw this news. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Simon's going to lose his mind. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's perfect that you're a South by Southwest. Um, Mobileye, Mobileye, I understand it, has never been a premium pick for the Motley Fool, but to my knowledge, I mean, we all talk about it a lot at, at, at headquarters. Um, so to you, why is this such a big deal? Well, I think it's a confirmation for a lot of people that self-driving cars is not just a, a pipe dream or a science project. We saw some pretty aggressive forecasts for autonomous vehicles come out from Goldman last year which said that it would go from being a $3 billion market in 2015, which wasn't even a commercial market, really, Sean. That was more an R&D market led by Google. I was about Google to say, how are they defining market here? <laughs> yeah, it's most, mostly just R&D work. You've seen uh, Tesla's got the autopilot and all the vehicles it ships since 2014, and Google's got those little eggs driving around, if you've ever seen one of those. Oh, yes. But they're saying that it's going to be a $100 billion market in the next 10 years by 2025, when you see numbers like that, that really are so small but growing so quickly, as an investor, it demands your attention. And now you see a company like Intel uh, that's really putting its money where its mouth is with this $15 billion acquisition that I think adds a lot of credibility to those forecasts, saying this is a real industry that's really going to come to fruition. Um, so uh, how did have you guys – spend much time in the premium side talking about Intel. Are they off their rocker here? Because Mobileye, as I understand it, is not terribly profitable at present. That's right. Mobileye's got working relationships with about 30 of the auto OEMs, and they've committed with Intel's partnership to basically have a fully functional self-driving car by 2021. 
So that puts us four years in the future that we should start seeing these out on the out on the roads. But the step that was really required, Sean, before they could really make a big acquisition like this was back in August when Intel paid $400 million for Nirvana Systems, which was the AI platform, which was necessary for, for self-driving cars and any kind of artificial intelligence. Wow. Now that they have that, Mobile Mobileye can really develop the vertical for automotive. And you're going to start seeing them. We, Intel was here at South by Southwest. They talked a lot about AI. They're investing heavily in this because they don't want to fall behind the other big companies like IBM and NVIDIA that are also investing heavily there. Right. No, I'm sure they have a big uh, eye over at uh, NVIDIA because they are, um, you know, I- Intel, we both grew up with Intel, you know, Intel inside, the process being in basically every personal computer we ever owned. And then, um, you know, the, NVIDIA was the graphics chips guys. And now NVIDIA, I mean, there's whispers of them being the, the driverless car, you know, stock, basically. Um, I just, I wanted to give our listeners some context for just how crazy just numerically, this purchases. Uh, 2011, mobilized net revenues. Do you know this off the top of your head, Simon? No, go right ahead, Sean. $19.2 million. Total revenues. Um, it's been growing like crazy. That's awesome. Um, last year, uh, revenues came in for, uh, for the year end of December 31st at $358 million. Profits. Actually, I misspoke a little bit earlier. It looks like they made a hundred million dollars. Excuse me, but um, they paid fifteen billion dollars for a company that is generating revenues of three hundred fifty-eight million and profits of one hundred eight million. The PE ratio there is not great. Through the roof, right? (laughs) Uh, A a little bit. Um, Do they? You know, you can't do a discounted cash flow model on something like Mobileye like this. Like what? What do you think Intel is thinking? Because you're talking about, oh, they don't want to be left behind, and that's, you know, that's fine. That's, it's, at that point, though, it becomes a defensive move. Do you think this is actually worth more than $15 billion right now? Well, I think that it is a shift in Intel's strategy. It, it, automotive has always been a huge industry. I mean, the U.S. alone spends half a, half a trillion dollars a year on the wholesale of vehicles, uh, just on selling the cars up front. On top of that, we spend another quarter trillion dollars a year on insuring vehicles with auto insurance. And I say it's wow. a shift in strategy. I mean, you, this has always been a very large industry. It's just a matter of before you had cloud computing, before you had AI platforms, before you had Internet everywhere to connect everything and make sense of it, uh, there wasn't really a, a possibility of having self-driving cars. Yeah. And now I think is the time, and I think that you really see Intel – Capitalizing, and I do you remember the next, the last big acquisition that Intel had, Sean. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was McAfee back in 2011, which was about an eight billion dollar acquisition. That's a, that's the last really big acquisition that Intel's had. It so this spent is about enormous. a billion dollars. Oh, sorry. This is enormous, then. Yes, it is. And you know, Intel, we've gotten in the habit of seeing about a billion dollars a year on acquisitions since then. They typically spend five to ten billion dollars on stock buybacks and $4 billion a year on dividends. So it's typically just kind of been a, um, a this, this tech company that's kind of legacy, right? They've been using their cash flows just on dividends and buybacks. And now all of a sudden you see this $15 billion acquisition of Mobileye. You've got to assume that this means they're back uh, stepping on the accelerator, to use a bad pun, and back into growth mode again. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Intel, I mean, they made – 
last year in 2016, their net income was 10 billion, uh, cash from operations 21, and capex was uh, 9.6. So you know, free cash flow of 11, you know, 11 some odd billion dollars profit. I mean, this is this is a chunk of change for sure. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned insurance. Simon, because you go, you Google Mobileye, and uh, it says, colon, the most trusted name in collision avoidance. Um, sure. uh, says it all. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And that'll Very have big good. implications, right? Awesome. Um, so, uh, that is paying a big bucks. Awesome. Um, I'm now, since you're at the South by Southwest conference, I actually want to get to the, 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 the main event here. Um, but before we talk about driverless car fleets in the city of the future, I want to give a shout-out once again to our friends at Away. Away makes affordable, high-quality suitcases that charge your phone and start at just $225. By cutting out the middleman, Away is able to offer the perfect luggage made with high-quality materials at a much lower price, especially compared to similar-quality luxury luggage competitors. There's a variety of options. It comes with, in a variety of colors and four sizes, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, and the large, and all cost less than $300. Away has designed the perfect suitcase to make your travel experience stress-free. There are two USB ports and a high-capacity battery, which allow you to charge multiple devices on the go, including phones, tablets, laptops, etc., so you never have to worry about a dead phone or a flight uh, or fight for an outlet at the airport. Um, ultra durable and yet lightweight. Uh, they are made with premium impact resistant German polycarbonate. They're smooth right in any direction with four 360 degree spinner wheels that won't get you stuck or break. They are theft proof. They are TSA approved combination lock built in to keep your belongings safe. Uh, even oak packers can fit everything they need. There's a patent pending interior compression system that tightly buckles in bulky items. It uh, comes with a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, Away will fix or replace it for life. There is a risk-free 100-day trial period. If at any point you decide it is not for you, return the bag for a full refund, no questions asked. Now, Simon, Away was kind enough to provide you with your luggage for your trip to South by Southwest. What did you think? Yeah, it was a, it was a great experience using that. I, I've got to say it's got a hard case, which, uh, which kept the rain down at Austin off of all of my, my stuff that was inside. And like I said uh, with Christine on the, on the healthcare show, it's really a pretty spacious bag. I was able to pack an entire week's worth of stuff into a, something that I could carry onto the plane. So, and also the, the so thing you're that, that overpacker. Really like, that, <laughs> yeah. Well, and also it's really nice having that uh, immediate charge for your laptop, too. So when you're wirelessly connecting, you can have it right there. Or, or calling uh, you to do a podcast. Yes, indeed. Uh, Sean, I think the next step is naturally self-driving luggage that will follow me around in the airport. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait for that day. Uh, in the meantime, um, with the way current luggage is available on the market, you can get free shipping anywhere in the continental United States. Um, Away has a special offer just for listeners on this show. For $20 off of your first order, go to awaytravel.com forward slash fool and use promo code fool at checkout. That is awaytravel.com forward slash fool, promo code fool. Uh, so, Simon, um, I'm very sorry we, uh, the tech industry doesn't see fit to create a driverless luggage that follows you around, kind of like the robot in Star Wars or something. But um, <laughs> we, we are starting to talk about, like, driverless fleets in cities, and I would love to not have to even think about owning a car. Um, it's obviously one of the more speculative but potentially revolutionary uses for driverless cars. Um, 
you know, you can imagine, you know, entire fleets of these circling America cities. You could imagine then just like a cheap, flawless, driverless taxi on demand when, you know, what, it's possible once you drop AI into a car. Um, so while you're down there at South by Southwest, what did you learn about this possible use uh, of the future, I guess? Yeah, it's, it's, I think, the natural next step that we're going to have, have self-driving fleets instead of just self-driving cars. If you are driving to work and leaving your car in a parking garage all day, you're really not getting the benefits of it being able to navigate and, and drive itself. They're, they're really meant to be used to be driving all day long. Um, and when you do that, uh, you get a higher utilization out of the vehicle, and that really brings the cost of them down. And you've got powerful things behind the scenes. You've got neural networks. Uh, and all the, the chips that aren't really cheap, um, it, this is really the way that these are meant to be used is to be in fleets like Uber and, and Hertz and all the, the large fleets and self-driving taxis are really aiming to do. As far as South by Southwest, you were asking some of the things we learned. We found out that about half the world's population is in cities today, and that's going to grow to about two-thirds by 2050. So we're going to be moving from about 3.5 billion people in cities today to 7 billion within the next 30 years or so. And you can't just keep building out more and more suburbs and more and more highways and more and more parking garages as infrastructure to, to, to have this many people moving into the cities. It needs to be a better designed city. And I think, sure. Sean, we're going, to see, we're going to see self-driving cars play a key role in how cities are actually designing themselves to accommodate for the population boom. Yeah, I remember um, uh, another fool, Armand Asgari, he had that piece back in uh, October. It was the Race to Autonomy, an investor's guide to self-driving cars. And this was this was a bit of a read, but it was awesome. And one of the things he, it, it's common sense that he points out is um, the average American family owns 2.2 cars. And it's a $30,000, $50,000 asset that is rapidly depreciating. Um, wouldn't it be nice to get some use out of that? Wouldn't it be nice if our cities were just these these monoliths of concrete to park these things that aren't being used 95% of the time? Um, did you see anything hard or tangible at, uh, down at the conference there on this on this trend? There were sessions. It was more academic uh, as far as what we had seen in South by Southwest. In terms of use cases, though, I think that Singapore is actually one that we can keep an eye on if you want to see this in action right now. Singapore, of course, is a, a city that kind of likes to monitor everything. Uh, there's no littering there. You know, they really are, are cracking down on smoking in only certain areas. It's a very kind of oversight city, so they're really a, ahead of the curve on monitoring things. And even today, Sean, they've got um, kind of their analog for Uber is a company called Grab, who's teamed up with another company called Newtonomy that's already got self-driving cars navigating around the city, picking people up, basically a taxi service that is, that is happening right now. There is an engineer in the passenger seat just for the peace of mind for the, for the riders, but they're planning to have 100 driverless cars within the next year. This is something that's already happening out there that you can actually get into a car that is navigating itself to, to, the, nav to the location for you. Throughout Singapore, yeah. What... Um... Can I ask what kind of car it is and everything? Because I know Uber was testing driverless cars in Pittsburgh, and I believe they were Volvo crossover SUVs or something. Do you know yes. any of that stuff off the top of your head? Yes. Yep, it is Volvo for the U.S. for uh, for Uber that they're working on for the cars. They're also working with a company called Auto for self-driving trucks, which could be for transport. 
Wow. Yeah, I, I, I guess I got to go go to my local Volvo dealership and see if they got an engineer sitting around that can uh, take me out on one of these things. Um, well, I've got so, a, uh, a crazy futuristic idea for you, also. Oh God, this is—is is this better than the the driverless luggage? It is, and and you knew when you invited me on the show, being a uh, explorer, you know, futuristic kind of guy, that I was going to have to throw Future some not, ideas yeah. like this to you, right? <laughs> I am all ears. Yeah. The economics are such that the average taxi fare is charging an average U.S.-wide of about $3.5 a mile. Pretty expensive. And it's generally accepted that by 2021, when we're expecting autonomous vehicles to really start going mainstream, that the cost of an autonomous car will cost in the neighborhood of $0.30 cents a mile. Oh, less wow. Than a tenth, less than a tenth I was about to say, that's like less mile. than 10x, yeah. Wow. Now, when you get to that kind of price point, Sean, that opens up a whole lot of options of who's actually paying 30 cents a mile for, for trips for customers. And the idea would be this can be subsidized by advertising companies like Google, where you can oh, get into an no. autonomous car. You can get actually get passenger. Get, yeah, get in for a free ride. It'll bring you within, you know, maybe a 10-mile radius or whatever the distance would be. Uh, it'll cost Google maybe maybe $3 for your trip at $0.30 cents a mile, but in exchange, they have your undivided attention that they can serve you ads in the car. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'd obviously just look at my phone or read a book, but that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, especially when you consider the numbers that you threw out earlier. I mean, the average American is spending a third of their household income every year on these rapidly depreciating assets that we call cars. doesn't have to be that way when you start getting into the discussion of $0.30 cents a mile. I would gladly watch some ads to get rid of the need for that would be that would be a good deal for me. <laughs> me too. Awesome. Well, Simon, uh, tr- safe travels, um, and uh, you get the last word. Any uh, stocks you're interested in uh, now that you're heading back? Yeah, I think that we have to start looking at some of the big chip makers. I mean, Intel and, and IBM have kind of been, like we said, these old school legacy companies that are now building these giant platforms that are highly relevant. So. I would keep an eye on them to continue to invest in the space. Both of them were highly relevant at South by Southwest. And I, I just think that, that we, there's a lot of discussion about future cities and, and connected cities, and that plays right into self-driving cars, too. So this is a trend. If I'm an investor, I definitely am keeping my eyes on. That is awesome. Well, Simon, thank you for your time. I cannot thank you enough for joining us on Industry Focus. Hey, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Sean. You bet. We'll have you on again soon. And that is it for us, folks. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for the Technology Show with Dylan Lewis. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. As always, people this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely what you hear on this program. For Simon Erickson, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and fool off.